Welcome back to Two On OSU, sellout crowds, Oklahoma State-focused podcast. At least that's what Ben and I try to bring every week. Uh, We have a couple episodes coming later this week. Um, This is a football episode. We get into softball, basketball, um, baseball, everything that's going on. We'll get into it. But uh, first, we need to to get into our guest, Garen Emake. Appreciate him joining us, sellout crowds columnist. He touches on a little bit of everything. Let's let's start, guys. The the episode you read the title. It's about Oklahoma State's schedule that just dropped. Barry and Jenny had had a good show breaking down the early season opponents. It looks difficult for the Cowboys, and we'll get into the rundown. But I wanted to start the conversation off here with you, Garen. Ben and I are both of the persuasion that this tough start could actually be of, of some benefit to Oklahoma State, or it could be the right time to catch. Utah and to catch at Kansas State because Ben and I think well shoot they should at least have an identity they should have it figured out already that you know you can hand to Ollie Gordon you give it to Alan Bowman the Cowboys should know what to do do you think it's the recipe for Oklahoma State to maybe hit the ground uh, hit, hit the gates running for once instead of stumble out of the gate well, we need to trust that Gundy is going to do the right thing and the coaches are going to do the right thing and not fool around with uh, what they have to to work with, which is what got them in so much trouble at the start of last season, right? So assuming that we can trust uh, Mike to know what he has in both Bowman and Gordon, and when you combine just that situation with all of the returning players, all of the guys that people were wondering about who decided to come back for another season to play with the Cowboys, then I agree that things if things are going to be tougher earlier in the season because the way the schedule is laid out, and we'll see if that becomes true, I I wonder if that would be the case, but right now on paper, it looks to be the case, then you would think that the more stable you are, the more experienced, the more a coach can count on what he has in this era of changing rosters and the the portal and all of that stuff, then they're at an advantage early, right? Until people who have more upheaval in their too deep figure it out. I'm not. Utah's got some experience coming back. Assuming that Cam Rising is is back, it'll be his. Set. Bowman won't be the only seventh year quarterback on the field in Stillwater. So between Whittingham's long tenure at Utah, Rising's experience as a college quarterback, it's not like the Utes are in turmoil right now. That is uh, going to be a tricky opener. But I I see the point that this should go the opposite direction of a year ago. OSU didn't start well. It cost him in the long run of what could have been a better season. They should start very well, considering all that they have back, beginning with Bowman and Gordon. Doesn't matter who's on the schedule. Ben, I'll get to you, but first, I have the privilege, and I do mean that, of bringing our sponsors into the conversation. I'm thankful for these sponsors, and tell you what, I I imagine you will be too. I'd encourage you to go check out Two Fellas Movers. Uh, Their website's great. I've been on it. It's user-friendly. If you're interested in a move, get with Two Fellas. They will help you out. The National Cowboy and Western Heritage Museum. Beautiful building inside and out. Check that place out. Free Saturday. where It's worth going to see. And MidFirst Bank. They're the people that take care of all your banking needs. Um, they handle every aspect of banking. Like I said, just go on their website. Check them out um, because they're a good partner of the show and they'll be a good partner in your life if you're fiscally responsible. I want to thank FireLakeJobs.com if, if you're looking to have a career change, if you're looking for your teenager to get a job, check out firelakejobs.com. That's the place for jobs in Oklahoma. And I want to thank Oklahoma Ford Dealers. 
They've been so great to us as a sponsor of Two on OSU, and they're a spot to check out if you need a, a new car, if you need a used car. Ford is going to be one of your avenues to to explore for sure. Reminder: drive into your best in Oklahoma Ford dealers today for the best deals on Ford's full lineup of trucks and SUVs. Ford is the best in Oklahoma. Ben, with with that in mind, the the sponsors of the show taken care of. I'm I'm curious. What do you think about this Oklahoma State schedule? Do you agree that the there's a springboard for Oklahoma State to do big things if they don't fall off the springboard? It's tough. This schedule is certainly one that caught your attention the first five weeks of it. I don't even think the game at Tulsa is, is, a, is an opportunity to take a little bit of a breather. Certainly not that South Dakota State. Um, so there's really no break for the Cowboys to start this season but I think they're going to be able to handle it. I think they're going to be prepared. As Garen said, if you can trust Mike Gundy to hand the ball to Ollie Gordon, to let Alan Bowman kind of manage the game, um, and he'd be a fool not to, considering how well the Cowboys used that recipe to go to the Big 12 championship game last year, I think the Cowboys are well prepared to take on the daunting first five weeks of this schedule. And if they do a good job, we might be talking about the college football playoffs. Now, how seriously you bring up the Jackrabbits, Ben? They're, they're a worthy team to bring up. The FCS champion haven't lost since Iowa beat them 7-3 to um, a couple years ago. So, so the Jackrabbits, I'm just curious, how much uh, a stock are we putting in this matchup that is being circled even now as, as a potential upset um, by a team a lot of folks going to the game won't even know their mascot of? Garen, I don't know if you saw that, that championship game or, or FCS, but... Right. How much stock do, do you put in the Jackrabbits? I put in plenty, Sam. You know, for a while, anyone who scheduled North Dakota State was considered out of their minds on the FPS level. I mean, you was like, well, why would you put your program through that? I mean, it, it might it, you schedule FCS, you think it's a money game, you think it's a paycheck game, you think it's an opportunity to go deep in your, in your depth chart. It is, unless you schedule, this was the case for about a six or seven year period, unless you schedule the Bison of North Dakota State. South Dakota State is the new North Dakota State. South Dakota State has taken sort of the mantle as the FCS uh, IT team. The Jackrabbits have won back-to-back national championships. They're on a 29-game win streak. And although they're going to lose, if you want to dig you know, too deep into the matchup, they're going to lose a lot of players. They've got three guys, I think, at the uh, Shrine workouts right now, two offensive linemen and a running back. So they're, they're losing some guys. They lost their offensive coordinator to Northwestern, but they're also bringing back. I know enough about them uh, to to realize they're bringing back a lot of talent. Mark Gronowski, the quarterback, is due to return. I think they've already made a hire to replace the uh, the OC, who is now at Northwestern. This it's interesting. We've talked for a long time about Gundy's discomfort with scheduling teams in the upper echelon of FBS, and here's an example of a team that uh, that that was scheduled from the FCS ranks that Mike can't feel too comfortable about. So it is going to be tricky and it does create a situation where the last thing the Cowboys need is to be stretched for three and a half hours when they, they do have a, a, a real FBS team uh, next on the, on the slate in, in Arkansas. And so, um, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's a world in which the Cowboys non-conference becomes as dicey as their Big 12 schedule. And a lot of that has to do with the Jackrabbits. Sam, remember we had the Thompson Twins on our show earlier this year. Heston and Holden, they're both playing football at OSU this this next season. 
and they both had interest from South Dakota State. So I think it's kind of worthy to note that the the difference in athletic drop-off maybe isn't as far as a lot of people would think. Yeah, and difference in, you know, athletic drop-off aside, like, if it's just close, then the Cowboys, it's just a game where they're going to be sweating, you know, and, and that's just... It's not the design. I doubt it was the intention when Mike uh, when Mike Holder would, would have scheduled the, the Jackrabbits 10 years ago, however long it was. So it's interesting to see just how those games can change. And, um, you know, when you're scheduling Alabama, you're expecting an absolute juggernaut that maybe if Coach DeBoer at, at Alabama doesn't uh, turn out or uh, takes a step down, maybe that game is not the juggernaut you're anticipating, but it can always be made up. Um, well, but ben, hey. I, we had... Oh, go glass, ahead. Hey, real quick, glass half full though, real, 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 real fast, fellas. Before we get into the Big Twelve games, that is an FCS opponent, right? OSU. I know they're a dangerous FCS opponent. We've made that pretty clear by now. Um, but if OSU handles their business, I think they're going to win that game. Arkansas went four and eight a year ago, and Tulsa. As much as I admire Kevin Wilson and hope he does well at TU, Tulsa's not ready to beat Oklahoma State, and so. There are some things that get your attention, which Gundy should use to his advantage in getting in terms of getting his players' attention. But in um, in a real world, no injuries, Bowman entrenched, Gordon entrenched, Barton and the defense entrenched. In a real world, the Cowboys should be three and zero going into again the trickier part of their Big Twelve schedule, and so that only helps in terms of building momentum, a little bit of a wave going into that uh, that conference opener against the Utes. Well, and to take it a step further, I know our parents, that, that's a line that both Hutchins' parents said uh, plenty. We don't play the what-if game. They don't like it. But let's play the what-if <laughs> game for a second. You know, if the Cowboys start 3-0, and if you, if, if you beat Utah at home and then the Cowboys can exercise some demons in Manhattan, you're looking at a 5-0 start where then – College football playoff, like Ben said, gets on the table. Getting to, to Arlington probably looks like a, a, a plausible option there too. And with the whole goal of next season, I promise you it'll just be about the number 12. Can you get in those top 12 teams? I think if the Cowboys get to a 5-0 and start, finishing in the top 12 certainly becomes a realistic conversation. They might even be ranked 12 if the Cowboys can beat those three pretty quality non-con teams and Utah and Kansas State. Well, there's a situation, there's two ways to uh, examine, you know, a 12-team playoff. There is the opportunity to get in as a as a team that has a high enough uh, committee ranking. Uh, the other route, the more direct one, is is going to be winning the Big 12. Uh, I, you know, we'll see on every how everything settles when everyone discusses any changes that need to be made with regard to the realignment, the, the, the complete, you know, vaporization of the Pac-12. But let's assume that the big 12 champion is still going to be in as uh, one of the power uh, league titles. That's where I think OSU and everyone else in the league for that matter, I think focuses in terms of, of a postseason. I look guys, I think the Cowboys because of against stability of nothing else, they haven't. And a lot of other teams don't, I think stability is their best card to play in terms of their, their chances next season. That does not convince me that, we know anything that's going to happen in this conference next year. I, I wrote the column yesterday, the company, uh, you guys' story, and any reaction that Sellout did to the schedule drop. This league is going to be nuts. 
week to week. It really is. Um, I don't, if you think you have it figured out, if you bought in Arizona winning 10 games, if you buy into Whittingham being as successful as long as he's been at Utah, uh, you know, the Avery Johnson phenomenon, right? The young quarterback at Kansas State who essentially took Will Howard's job and sent Howard packing to Ohio State. There are reasons to pick a bunch of teams in this conference, but everyone has flaws. And week to week, I don't think anyone anyone's going to know what's going to happen. And so, um, you're you're just to me, you're just trying to get, uh, you know, kind of like OSU a year ago. You're trying to get to nine wins and make it to Arlington so that you can win that game and get that ticket to the playoff from that game, and not as some kind of an at large. How do you think the two bye weeks ties into all of this, Garen? I mean, we we've we've talked about how front-loaded OSU's schedule is. And it seems mm-hmm. like it's front-loaded for a majority of Big 12 teams. But right. this year, OSU has two bye weeks. That's different. Last year, they had just one. And last year was an early bye week. Um, last year, that bye week was September 30th. This year, the first of two bye weeks is October 12th. So the Cowboys mm-hmm. will have some kind of R&R time, if you want to call it that, in the second half of this season do you think that helps them in any way after maybe trying to recover from from a grueling first half? It should. Uh, it, anyone is going to be helped by two weeks off, two weekends off, uh, considering injuries that are almost inevitable, considering, uh, again, the fact that the league is going to be, it's going to require week to week so much from you. It's, it's a little bit like what we're seeing with Big 12 basketball right now. Uh, it, it's going to, it's going to knock the air out of you. I think every Saturday to play in the Big 12, because I, there just isn't going to be that much, that much separation on paper though, guys, the two bye weeks coming later, I think only lends credence to how this sets up well, assuming the Cowboys start well, not only do they have the two uh, holidays, uh, toward the back half of the schedule, they don't play a team with after October 5th. I think that's when they play West Virginia. The only team with a winning record on the remainder of the Cowboys schedule after October 5th is Texas Tech. And the Red Raiders went seven and six. That was their winning record. Again, I just said that we're not going to be sure of what's going to happen week to week. That was already kind of the case in this league a year ago, even as Texas emerged as champion, looked dominant the last two weeks and got to the playoff. People forget they had four one-score games along the way uh, that, that could, have, could have really flipped one way or the other. I don't think it's going to be any different next year. In fact, if anything, I, I think it's going to be even more balanced, more, there's going to be more parity. And so any advantages you can get from the schedule makers to give you an edge is, is, is helpful. And two uh, off weeks coming toward the back half is going to be helpful for the Cowboys. And it's, it's hard to, you know, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. Uh, as Garrett said, we, we really don't know. But right now, just looking at the schedule on a black and white printed out piece of paper, it's hard not to view OSU's route kind of like a mountaintop with mm-hmm. the peak of the mountain being West Virginia game. And then after that, yep. it might be downhill. That's right. That's again, that's where the schedule softens as, as it looks in right now. All right. Mm-hmm. Now I, I, I assume Baylor, uh, there's going to be a lot of teams that are going to be better than they were a year ago. Right. I assume TCU is going to, I mean, they, they just played for a national title two years ago, went South uh, last season. Surely they've got enough talent. Sonny Dykes has enough of a handle on the program to, to get them turned back around this year. 
uh, I assume BYU is going to be better in, after adjusting to life in a conference under Kalani Sataki. Uh, Baylor's going to be better. Um, Colorado can't be as bad as a team that cratered in the Pac-12 year ago. Where they go one and eight, right? I think in the in the league. That's yeah, they lost the eight of their last nine. Right. That's who the Cowboys play on Black Friday. So let's assume that teams that look beatable on paper in right now at the end of January are in fact going to be stronger than we think. I still I still believe though um, you'd rather play these teams later. Right. And after you've built a little momentum, which the stability and the return and experience you have in your program should give you early in a year and should make those games against the likes of Utah and Kansas State. And yes, even South Dakota State a little easier to manage. So still think it sets up pretty well. One game I want to get y'all's thoughts on before we head out. And uh, Ben, you brought up the mountaintop. I- ironically, Oklahoma State season ends in, in the mountains of-, of Boulder, Colorado, at least the regular season. And for a note from OSU Athletics said it's it's the Cowboys' first day after Thanksgiving game in program history. But I just think that one, it's one that jumps off the schedule, right? Oklahoma State fans have been wanting to find out what Colorado is all about. And then I'm not anticipating 70 and sunny in Boulder, in Boulder Colorado after Thanksgiving. But if if you think about last year, the teams that caught Colorado late benefited. You know, TCU mm-hmm. played them early, lost. Then, like you said, Ben, they started skidding. Um, Deion Sanders, he's kind of outfitting the lines this year, which I felt like were a little bit of the reason Colorado got worn down in the first place is, you know, you got the skill guys, but maybe not the linemen to get you through in October and November. But do you guys see any benefit to Oklahoma State for catching Colorado so late in the year? Or might it be one of those snow game, crazy games where anything goes? Well, right now it's weather, to your point. That's the first thing you worry about on November 29th, I think is a date, is just how nasty might it be in Colorado uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And the other thing is it's not Deion Sanders, it's Shadur, right? I mean, he's, he's, we've seen him do some pretty cool things uh, at quarterback. We know he's gifted. We know Travis Hunter is gifted. I think Travis Hunter is still with Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um they they are still raiding the portal, bringing in some pretty eye opening players, uh, but you just have to. It, it really comes down to again. It's a little bit like BYU and adjusting to the Big Twelve a year ago. It was Deion Sanders adjusting to being a coach, a, a college football coach. Does he have a better handle on going the cor- going the course of not you know five weeks of a season, but but fifteen? Uh, will he be better for his experience? And if he is, it allows the talent, the likes of his son and Travis Hunter, to to, per, to perhaps thrive a little longer than they did a year ago. So I, again, uh, I, 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 I would, I would take my chances with uh, having to beat Colorado as your last regular season game. If that becomes a must-win scenario for the Cowboys to reach Arlington again. Wouldn't mind that being Colorado. I would rather it be in Stillwater than Boulder, but uh, say as opposed to a Utah or even Arizona, who the Cowboys avoid. Right? They don't. They don't have the Wildcats on their schedule. Much rather play a team that uh, went one and eight in the Pac-12 than a team that won ten games. Even if Arizona now must bring in a, a new head coach now that uh, uh, help me. Uh, I can see him. Oh, uh, Jed. Uh, 
Jed Fish. Good Fish. gracious. Fish. Gosh, my mind is going. Now that Jed Fish is at Washington. Hey, and one last point we should talk about that Colorado game. I mean, it was already going to be prime time, but with it being Friday night, it actually might be prime time on prime time, right? There's going to be a yeah. lot of eyeballs on the Cowboys for that last game. It, it could be, it could be very big in terms of maybe OSU's national perception or mm-hmm. people who don't know anything about the Cowboys in Stillwater. Everybody wants to watch that game. I'm just glad we get to go to Boulder again, fellows. I, I'm glad. I'm glad that is now back on the uh, Big Twelve travel itinerary. I mean, let's let's get let's get to what it does for us. Right? <laughs> right. Forget, forget Gundy, right? Yeah. <laughs> forget forget OSU. Isn't it great that oh, yeah. Boulder, Colorado, is is back on the conference itinerary after being missing for so many years? It's it's such a such a cool place. Hopefully it'll be safe. You know, the roads will be clear and, it, and it, we won't have, you know, six, six, seven inches of snow to navigate from, from the airport in Denver. But assuming the weather cooperates, how cool is it that we uh, potentially get to go to Boulder, depending upon the sellout budget by, uh, by next Thanksgiving? <laughs> it, always felt, it always felt like so much more of a Big 12 school than a Pac-12 school. Like, come on. Right. Boulder, that, that's a Big 12 school. It's a Big yeah. 12 school. Yeah. Hey, Garen, before we let you out of here, what, what can the folks expect from you? You've had some interesting writing lately. I, I liked your column on Allen Fieldhouse, and then you touched yep. on the, the Titan. Um, what, what, can the, what can the readers expect from you? And maybe when's the last time you've ridden the Titan in, in Six Flags uh, over Arlington? You want us to know a secret? I What's that? I have. Oh. I, I was looking for a coaster at Six Flags over Texas to, to, to sort of metaphor for uh, the unpredictability and the thrill ride of, of Big 12 football next season. Since, you know, they're, they're, they're playing the Big 12 championship across the parking lot, <laughs> Jerry World from Six Flags. So I, I spent five minutes, <laughs> five, like everyone, like anyone would, right? Five minutes, Google's our friend, uh, researching the roller coaster uh, drops. And I thought, well, 245 feet sounds pretty substantial. What's it called? Oh, Titan? That's going in the column. So, note to Garen: ride Titan before uh, before you get any older, and it and it kills you uh, of a heart attack. But uh, that that hasn't happened yet. That was that was me faking it. Now, now not so much. A, we do have a resident expert in the podcast. It's it's a difference between Ben and I. Ben's ridden the Titan, and I've not. Okay, so <laughs> Ben can tell me about it. Yes, I can. It was. Uh, I went back this summer to Six Flags. And I rode the Titan, had a blast, rode it actually three times. The line isn't as long as you think. Maybe there's a lot of other scared folks. Uh, But it was my first time doing it because as a little kid, we lived in Texas and and got to go about once a year. And it always scared me. But finally, I came back as an adult man, conquered my fears of the Titan. It was definitely a thrill. Garen, we need to introduce you to the Titan. Maybe we'll do a live stream from the Titan. What kind of content would that be? That is not the worst idea you've ever had. Let me just let me just tell you that. When I was your age, fellas, the, the coaster at Six Flags Over Texas was a shockwave. Is it that oh, and yeah. that's oh, yeah. I didn't even, I wasn't even sure it was still in operation. I think that's did it have the is that the one with the two double loops? I think it's green. Mm-hmm. Sounds correct to me. Okay. Yeah. I wasn't even sure if it was running still, but it's it's apparently uh still a still a uh, staple down there. That's right. Well, I'll tell you what, we welcome uh, and, and thank our good friend Garen Emig, a staple at Sellout Crowd, for joining the podcast. Um, do check out his work. He's always providing interesting stuff. And what I like about Garen is his, is his newsletter. So check that out as well. 
And um, Ben and I would appreciate on that note, subscribe to our newsletter as well. It's, um, I think Garen does the same thing. We try to have fun with it. It's unique content and it's free. So um, we encourage you to sign up for that and join us next time on the Two on OSU podcast.